crumbled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Enough with the daydreaming, Arthur. It's like you don't even want to be here. Of course I do, Miro, my pearl. It's just all this driving's left me a bit overtired, that's all. Arthur Jr., you're missing some really beautiful scenery. Jr.? Arthur Jr.? What? Arthur, please tell your son to watch his tone. Yes, son. Your mother is the queen after all. I don't understand why I had to come on this boring trip anyway. To broaden your mind. To experience new places and cultures. I'd rather stay at home with my friends. We're going to enjoy this vacation whether you like it or Stand not. Stand down, Black Manta! Your treachery ends here! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fire and Water Podcast. The official podcast for AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob Kelly, creator of the Aquaman Shrine. My co-host, the Irredeemable Shag, is not with me today because we have a special episode lined up, uh, an interview with actress Serena Irwin. Um, Serena Irwin uh, was the voice of Mira on the Batman Brave and the Bold TV series, one of my favorite shows. And uh, she was kind enough to do an interview with me for the Fire and Water podcast. Uh, Serena had previously contributed to the Aquaman Shrine back in February when we did Mira Month, where she offered her thoughts about what it was like to portray the character. And uh, at that time, I said that I would love to do a full-length interview with her, and she very generously agreed. So just a couple of days ago, we did our interview. Uh, she was um, – we recorded the interview over the phone, and as uh, Serena was uh, walking around – uh, literally on the streets of Hollywood. So <laughs> the sound quality is a, is a little rough at times, and you can hear a lot of background noise, but you'll still be able to hear Serena quite well, and it kind of adds some ambiance <laughs> to the interview. Before we do, I wanted to read this quote that I got from executive producer of Batman Irvin the Bold, uh, James Tucker, someone who 
has uh, been repeatedly interviewed on the Aquaman Trine, gave us um, this uh, nice quote about Serena's work. Here it is. Quote, Serena Irwin's interpretation of Mira, as well as Lois Lane, were right on the money, and she's always anticipated what I wanted before I even could tell her. In my head, I wanted Mira to sound a bit like Florence Henderson as Carol Brady, but Andrea Romano likes to let the actors take a crack at the character first, and sure enough, Serena nailed the character of Mira right off the bat. The exact same thing happened when she voiced Lois Lane. I wanted Lois to have that rat-a-tat-tat delivery that women had in old 40s movies like The Front Page. Serena seemed to instinctively hone in on that and gave Lois a hilarious delivery that brings a smile to my face. Serena also does a dead-on Lucille Ball impression that has to be seen to be believed. I just saw her perform locally in an evening of reenactments of classic I Love Lucy episodes live, and she channels Lucille Ball. It's astounding to watch. Yeah, Serena was an utter delight to talk to, and she's been... uh, so sweet to the Aquaman Trine and sweet to me. I was really thrilled that uh, Serena uh, did this interview with me, and I'm really proud that we can present it here on the Fire and Water podcast. So uh, without further ado, enjoy the talk with uh, actress Serena Irwin. The first one I wanted to ask about immediately was, how did you end up getting the job on Brave and the Bold? Um, well, it's one of those things where uh, in your career, luck always plays a part. Um, but, uh, of course, you've got to work hard and have a modicum of talent and then also get lucky. Um, in this case, uh, I have worked on SpongeBob since 99. Right. And, um, and I, a few years ago, a new director came into the show, Andrea Romano. Um, I'm sure you know her name. Yep. She is absolutely incredible. And, um, and I just loved working with her, and we had an instant sort of um, kind of appreciation, mutual appreciation, and uh, she called me in to, to be Mira, uh, because she's also, of course, the, the director of Batman, the Brave and Bold, right. and, um, and she's directed a lot of, of I bet you know her <laughs> resume even better than I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that that is how it happened, and she uh, communicated through my agent, um, you know, kind of the the style that they were looking for. Um, in that same episode, I also did um, Lois Lane. Right. I was going to ask so, you about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So she sort of said, "Okay, you know, for we're looking for an an old like a." Um, I, I always think for Lois Lane, sort of an old movie star. The I I was thinking sort of film noir, um, woman, you know, newsy woman, right? News reporter woman, old school. Um, for Mira, we ended up going with what you heard, but in my mind, what I was thinking was um, sort of uh, um, what I love about Mira. She's she's a doting wife and and mother, but she also has a certain levity to her, mm-hmm. humor, and of course, I think, sex appeal, <laughs> kind of finding all of those things in one, in one voice to play with, that's what we were going for. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was intrigued at the idea that, that you've done both characters, because obviously, if you're playing Lois Lane, there's a lot of reference for you to draw upon, I mean, there's movie versions and TV versions, Mira, you're pretty much... On your own. I mean, there, there was, she was on a cartoon in the 60s, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's always, I mean, for me anyways, I, I 
relish that because it's nice to be able to innovate and, and also feel like there's not, I mean, it's hilarious that I'm saying this right after I'm telling you I'm playing Lucy and I love Lucy, but it's nice to have the freedom um, where you're not necessarily being compared so directly to something that's come before you. Um, but uh, for me, I mean, the way I approach every voice is just really to try and bring a life that's unique and that uh, fits the series and the tone. And uh, I don't get into my head about, um, you know, even the super fans who, who I should be thinking of. I, if I did think of them every time I went in, I'd probably be a nervous wreck. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I just try and let the, you know, the show guide and, of course, the director. And, um, and I'm sure that, that Andrea talks with the, the series creator about what he's thinking, too, in terms of sound. Um, but, yeah. I hope I answered your question there. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you remember how long it sort of took you to... Because, to, I mean, Mira's voice... I mean, I'm just going by memory, but Mira's voice is not your voice. No. So, I mean, how long did it... Do you remember how long it took, took you to sort of, like, lock in and say, oh, and, and, you know, for them to mutually agree, oh, yeah, that's the voice? Well, the funny thing about um, voiceover work is often you get the call just a couple of days before you go in that you're going to be doing it. So you don't have, I mean, for me, anyhow, often I have not had a lot of prep time in terms of weeks or months or whatever. Um, but it's enough time to um, just start playing with my own voice. And, of course, I think for all, you know, all of us in this field, like we've been working years on crafting different voices and sort of understanding our voice and, um, and what it communicates. Mm-hmm. Learned to break it down into kind of boring talk, but but um, but you know it's also just a feel. For, I love to look at the artwork and to know uh, just know what she's going to look like. That informs me so much, and then the script. Um, actually, that leads perfectly to a thing I wanted to ask you: Was uh, were you familiar with the comic books at all before you got the job? Yes, in a peripheral way. I mean, I've, I've, I read comics as a kid, but I haven't, <laughs> I, and I have touched base with them throughout my career because it's my work, but I haven't been, I haven't been a huge fan. Right. So it, I don't know if that serves me or doesn't serve me, but, <laughs> but, um, but I always feel like if I get the right information um, from the art and from the script and from the director and creator and I'm also listening to what the other people who are in the series are doing because it's so it so relates to each series I mean other ways that Mira has been seen recorded written in comics I did do history I did look into it online and her history and that like get myself a basis Mm -hmm. but um but it's also so specific project. I don't want to do anything that's um, off base. Right. Yeah, I mean the, the the show's version of Miro's and Aquaman was very specific, uh, pretty much unique to any other take they've that, that's ever been attempted on the character. So. Right. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I guess in a way it's good that I didn't fight, didn't have to fight what I had as a preconceived notion. Or, 
something. Right. I mean, yeah, Mira is not a character that most people are going to know unless they are diehard comic book fans. So it's it's not something right. that. Uh, well, I knew that's funny because I did know her. I knew the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I may have even more of a comic a comic book knowledge than I know. But um, um, but yeah, I keep I keep uh, trying to to get more informed about um, comic book history, and there's a couple of really great comic book stores in L.A. I don't know if you've had the chance to visit. I have not. Um, which are awesome. Meltdown Comics. I've heard of it, um, the, but they do yeah. all the live shows and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you ever come out to L.A., you must, and I'm sure you would, um, do, do the whole tour. <laughs> have you had Candy the... Land. <laughs> Have you ever met someone, whether at work or uh, in, in just your regular life, that's like a comic book, comic book fan and doesn't necessarily know who you are in terms of your your connection to the show? And then, you know, you're like, hey, you're Mira. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have one of my actual collaborators. I also write and stuff. And one of my um, writing partners is a huge comic book action figure major, like his collection is over the top, and <laughs> it's, uh, it's so much fun to go uh, to his house, which is completely covered, uh, memorabilia, oh, it's just out of, it's out of the world. So when, he was my one kind of colleague and friend that uh, when I told him the voices I was doing on the show, he was extraordinarily excited. <laughs> When you were doing the shows, um, did you get to record with simultaneously with the cast, or like obviously specifically John DiMaggio, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, It's great. The way they set it up is they have uh, a half circle, and so then there are the the director and the series run the executive producer and the engineers, and the engineers are in the booth. And then there's basically a big window, and they get to see the actors, and the actors can see them. And the actors are in a semicircle, and they all each actor has a microphone in front of them. And um, and you all get to go through the script from page one to the end together, which I think is so important. I've done you know jobs where they have me in, and you have to kind of be in a vacuum, and that's to me so much harder to. Um, make sure that you're in the right tone for the piece and that you're all a cohesive group. Um, I, I always feel a little bit out of my element when I'm doing it that way, but uh, the way Andrea works is to have everybody there and, um, and of course, feeding off of John DiMaggio and Cedric uh, and, oh, God, all the, all the people in that show that I've worked with. I worked a few times on the show, and... They're just always incredible super talent, in my opinion. Was there a lot of was there a lot of improvising when you this when you did the shows? I mean, the one especially I'm thinking of is the um, uh, Aquaman's Excellent Adventure, where you guys go on the family car trip. That feels yeah. like it feels like that's such a such a perfect way place for for a lot of improvising among you guys. No, you know it was pretty pretty close to script. I mean, rarely. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember because now I feel like I don't want to confuse the two, but I know that um, with 
SpongeBob, uh, Andrea would always set it up so that we would do two records based on the script, and then one which we call the crazy path, <laughs> where, where you kind of, uh, you know, you're allowed to go off, and if, clearly if you've had some burning desire to go in some direction, this is your, your time to try it. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to say that it was, I can't say for sure that it was done the same way, but I have this feeling like, <laughs> like that there, it didn't feel con like a constricted environment, um, but I also know I held pretty Mm -hmm. The writing is great on that show. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. How long? How long um, would like a typical day, I'd say, of doing Brave and the Bold be for you? Is that like a whole day or half a day or about a half a day, a four-hour block? Was it? Um, uh, you mentioned being on SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, was there? Was there a? You said that that Andre Romano was doing both shows. So. Um, so I guess we, they were fairly similar experiences for you, because Andrea was doing both shows? You know what? Um, yes and no. Uh, they were run pretty differently, and I think that that's... I don't know, in terms of Brave and the Bold, it might be something that... that um, you know, I don't know the answer to this, whether or not she established the way that that was going to be run. I kind of speculate that she did. But on SpongeBob, because we had been running for so many years before she came in, it, it had a system. The one thing that she added when she came in is that we started with the table read so that everybody had heard it. You know, we've all sat together and sort of done it out, out loud. And and, um, and sometimes, I mean, Tom is, an, is also just an incredible improv genius, and so he always throws out lines. I, I'm sure, um, I don't know if they come spontaneously, probably sometimes and maybe sometimes when he was reading over a script prior to the to the read, he may have had ideas, so he throw those, throws those out, and other people throw out little things and see if they're getting laughs, and then we go in and record, whereas with uh, Brave and the Bold, it started um, with all of us in the in the studio and um, diving right into, trying, oh my gosh, now I feel like it's, yeah, I don't think we did, I mean, we certainly didn't do um, a table read in a separate room, I'm trying to remember if we ran through it. Now I feel like a total jerk. It's terrible. This age. No. Forgetting. I'm pretty sure, now that I think of it, that we did read through it once as a group, even though we were still, we were already in the studio. It wasn't a separate room. But, um, my God. Now I feel like calling Andrea and saying, set me straight on this. In fact, you know what? In fact, I will information on this um, as to whether uh, we started off just reading it through so we all had the context. I'm kind of feeling like she did that. Mm -hmm. We all had the context of the full episode and then we dive into recording it. Um, the one thing that was common between the two is that um, Andrea uh, um does really long passes, like sometimes, uh, you know, a director will say, okay, we'll just do the first page, and which each page, each line is numbered, so it might be like line 1 through 12 or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, sometimes people will do line 1 through 25. Usually Andrea is like one, line 1 through 67, and it's all one cohesive, you know, she doesn't end it 
um, randomly, it's, it's a good spot to end and then sort of regroup and go back. But it's kind of nice to have long passes because you really start to get into it and not feel like um, stopped before you're ready to be stopped. Right, right, so, sure. You're getting a rhythm going. Yeah, so I guess now, you know, it's funny, they both, both shows feel so different to me because the tone is so different, and of course the actors are different, um, but when I get down to the nuts and bolts of it, I think you're right, there was a similarity in the way we approached both things, hmm. and I'm sure that, that's fueled for Andrea. The other person who works on, and he works on everything, but um, I'm sure you know Dee Bradley Baker. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's also he's, he's also a common link because he's on SpongeBob and, and he was on I think at least one of the episodes I did on Do you tend to run into like a lot of the same people on on jobs on voiceover jobs? Yeah, yeah, but it's not like a I don't think it's a tightly closed group because there are always people moving through mm-hmm. from other parts of the industry too, um, but. Uh, yeah, of course, there's keep seeing the same people. I mean, even for on-camera, my auditions, et cetera, on-camera stuff, right. I often see the same people at auditions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, how you doing? How you kids? How you, you know, right. know each other now. It's been so many years of running into each other. Yeah, Brave and the Bold was exceptional at, at casting. I mean, really, really. They Sometimes they would drop in a famous person, and I'd be watching the show for the first time, and it's, oh, my, I can't believe they got so-and-so for that character. It's perfect. She's got an incredible mind for casting, and um, and and I don't. And if she wants someone, I bet you she'd go to any length to to get them in there. <laughs> she's very persuasive. She's good at what she does. Oh, that's she's good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love that show. It really bummed me out um, that it came to an end. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I did record with her and the same creator um, for a Superman direct the DVD. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Um, when you when you were doing the Brave and the Bull shows, like, do you, would you guys mime, like, your action when you're punching somebody or stuff like that? Or, like, because there's a lot of times where you guys are, uh, uh, you know, grunts and things like yeah. that. I do. I can't <laughs> do it without physical movement. <laughs> um, but you, of course, have to make sure you don't hit your stand or your mic and Make sure you don't wear squeaky clothes or, you know, soft, soft clothes. Right. I, I get into it physically. <laughs> <laughs> Did, um... I don't, I don't feel it's been a re- good record unless I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good workout then. Good. That's right. <laughs> um... Who needs a gym membership when you've got boys over? Right. There you go. <laughs> Today, when 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 you had the scripts in front of you, were were the some of the f- visuals uh, placed in there? Because I'm thinking about specifically again with the the Aquaman uh, Aquaman's Excellent Adventure one. There's a lot of visual gags that you know. W- did, was there any indication that oh, Mira's going to be doing this while you're saying this? Or yeah, that's the um, you know. In fact, now I know for sure that yes. Uh, thank you for cueing my memory. Uh, we do go through it. On the, on the Brave and the Bold with Andrea before we start the recording. 
just as a read-through, and Andrea says everything that's physically going to be happening. Okay. So, um, so you know it from that, and it's usually in the script, too. And she just makes sure, she reads it out loud as we're going through so that she makes sure we've heard it, you know, that we know, okay, that's going to be the physical action. We don't get to see the pictures unless you're going in for ADR. Right. You know, we might, but, um, but, you know, for me, I did get to see an image of her, uh, but I didn't get any of the details. You know, they're written in the script, so yeah. Okay, I wanted to ask you something a little more about yourself as opposed to just Brave and the Bold. Um, I mean, I went through your your IMDb page, and you know, you've you've acted and you've directed and you've written, and of course, you do you do voiceovers. Is there you've done live stuff like in the show you're in now? Is is there anything? Is there any one thing that you're particular, maybe a little more fond of than than anything else? Oh, it's hot. It, you know, I I really do love contributing to all facets. Um, voiceover is like a playground. So I just have such an immense pleasure when I'm working um, in voiceover. I can't I can't begin to, to tell you how grateful I am that things have worked out so that I'm able to, to work doing that. But I think it probably wouldn't be enough uh, just on its own. I really love working on stage, and um, and I like to, to write, too. I mean, as you probably can see, most of, uh, everything I've written has been very independent. And, right. Uh, and, you know, I'm continuing to write with uh, partners in hopes to break into TV, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, and, and even just doing that is a great pleasure. So it's, whether it's it results in something that gets made or doesn't or bought or doesn't. That's really not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's nice to have another way to 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 weigh in on the conversation of life. <laughs> but I, I I absolutely would not want to live without doing being able to do voiceover work. I love it so much. How did you discover that you knew how to do that? that? That's not something most people can do. It's weird. I mean, I think it came from, uh, even as a child, I was really into mimicking the way people sounded and um, and accents, and I moved around a lot of different regions in this country and then also abroad and um, down in Mexico and Guatemala and then over in Europe, wow. uh, France, Germany, and Italy, my mom's a classical musician, and my dad was a hippie, and they were separated, so between the two of them, I was living <laughs> kind of wild lives. Wow. And, um, so I got to hear a lot of different people, and I think, and I, because I did so much repeating, and then, I mean, I remember at a very young age doing accents for my mom, you know, and, um, and then I think when I got, then it, I focused more on accents, and did a lot of accents through... Just for, you know, for my own pleasure in, in college and then in plays and whatnot. And um, and then uh, and then kind of found more nuancey things than accents. Um, accents are, are nuanced as well, but I mean other things. I don't know. I started doing sketch comedy with a uh, troupe in San Francisco, and um, and then 
started discovering a lot of characters out of that, and then through that built character voices. Um, and that's how I ultimately uh, got an audition for SpongeBob, was that the, the casting agent who was casting the pilot um, saw my... I, I sent a tape in with me doing character. Hmm. It wasn't even like a voiceover thing. It was fun. <laughs> Bless her heart for even watching. But um, but that's how I was called in for that audition, and that was the first show I I had I had, I had done voiceover on a friend's project prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends from college. Um, but that was the first like real thing that I did. So that was. What you mentioned it right at the top of the interview, but um, I just wanted to chance to mention again. What are you? What's the, what are you working on now? Oh, um, right now working on playing Lucy in I Love Lucy Live on Stage, and um, still doing SpongeBob voiceover, and um, all I'm working. I don't know if you know uh, Mr. Lawrence, Doug Lawrence, who is one of the writers and also plays Plankton on Spongebob, he has created a, a show um, in which I voice one of the characters and, and um, Clancy Brown uh, voices the other character. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and so he's, been, he's done an animatic for it and um, has been pitching it around town, and so we're kind of waiting to see what happens to that, but that was a lot of fun. Clancy Brown is... <laughs> Lex Luthor himself. Oh, I'm in love with him. <laughs> um, he's just like, so, he's such a mix of so many qualities mm-hmm. that it's just, um, it's like eating a, an incredible meal every time I'm with him. <laughs> um, I, feel, I feel so sated on so many levels. <laughs> wanted to mention I said before you sort of wrap up is you know they're really you know when you're an Aquaman fan as as I am like you you have to kind of uh, you don't have as much to cling to in terms of of you know like pop culture acceptance <laughs> sort of that's 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 changing it was a huge thing when they when I heard that they were gonna have her on the show and um it's a, it was just a huge thing for for any Aquaman fan to have like that much of the character explored on TV and so you know it, it's just was you know it's really great to talk to you i really appreciate i appreciate that you contributed to the uh, mirror month a couple of months ago on the shrine yeah, and um that was fun. oh i loved i loved having it and uh, you know i 
was able to save it for the last post of the month. I was like so excited. I was like, oh, I get to post something from the actual mirror. It was so great. That's awesome. So, um, like I said, I just, we just, as like, uh, as, as sort of the representative for like Aquaman fandom, such as it is, I just want to say like, thank you for doing such a great job. And like, congratulations on being like, in terms of Aquaman history, like a huge part of the character's history, you know, even if you never do the voice again. Right. Well, thank you, Serena. And um, I guess the, so the very last thing I'll mention is I have a separate page on Facebook, which is a, a drive to get uh, Warner Brothers to give Aquaman, the brave and bold Aquaman, his own animated movie. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, if, that, if we could ever pull that off, uh, you know, we certainly hope that, uh, that we can have you back, you know, to do that voice. I'd love to hear you come back as, as Mira. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That'd be great. So, all right, excellent. Well, I said I will let you go. Um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me, and um, um, we're going to make this an episode of the the Aquaman Trend podcast that we have. And, and I'm ner- I know people will be really uh, happy to hear from you. And um, like I said, just I, thanks again. I, I really, really appreciate it, and congratulations on on all your success. talk later about it that would be that would be great I, that would be amazing to actually talk to mira about mira <laughs> <laughs> for sure that'd be pretty cool the the eight-year-old me is not going to believe that um <laughs> well we'll talk well hopefully we'll talk in the future and um and be in touch and thank you so that was my talk with the uh, lovely and talented and charming uh, Serena Irwin. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know I did. Just one thing I wanted to mention uh, before we sign off is I realized, listening back to the interview, that I got the name of the Aquaman episode wrong. It's, of course, not Aquaman's Excellent Adventure. It's Aquaman's Outrageous Adventure. I'm not sure how I made that error, but once I made it in the beginning part of the interview, I just kept making it. So uh, you don't need to write in to correct me. I, I realize I, I screwed that up. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find the Aquaman Shrine, it's at AquamanShrine.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and occasionally on Google Plus when I feel like it. And you can, of course, find Firestorm Fan at FirestormFan.com. Also on Twitter and Facebook and thriving on Google+. Uh, Shag paid me to say that. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we uh, look forward to, to having you come back for the next episode. Until then, fan the flame, ride the wave, and uh, go watch some Brave and the Bolts. Thanks. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together.
even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! I couldn't help it, my queen. The little blue guy needed a hand. We're heroes. It's what we do. Huh? <sighs>